Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to this. It is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. The podcast about rugby doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. This is our second podcast of the week because we really care. And next to me, the guy that cares the most. Phil Logan, how are you? <laughs> hello, hello, JB. Unusual introduction for Why? me. What's wrong with that? Uh, I mean, I do care. I, it depends what you're talking about. But yeah, I, sure, I care. Yeah, yeah, sure. And down the line, somewhere, probably in a shipping container. Hello, Tim. Good evening, gents. Good evening. I am indeed in the Egg Chasers TMO shipping container. Again. Um, sorry I can't be with you again, but glad to be back for, uh, to, to pick up and mop up all the areas we, we missed um, in talking about European rugby and all the other stuff going on. Yes, quite well. Before we get yeah. into any of that, please remember to follow us on social media because, well, we like to keep in touch with you. Uh, we're at Ruby Podcast, or you can find me and, me and Tim. He's Well, it's not a joint twitter it's not you know, it was weird couples uh, oh actually you're a weird couple tim you've got a joint email d- no no we don't oh did you not oh okay um uh, no 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 with with one of our email accounts the apple one which i don't really use anymore we have separate email addresses but it sort of filters into one central thing. wow wow but anyway uh, This is this is this is top top chat. <laughs> top podding. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm at JB Edmore. He's at Cocker. We've also got YouTube, which, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all sorts of other things. So uh, yeah, go on to our social media channels and of course leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because well, why not? Um, right. More Heineken Cup chat. More hot Heineken Cup chat, please. And yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I've got a few tweets that maybe could start something off. But you sounded like you had um, something fill there. Uh, nope. Really? <laughs> no, okay. Did I? Oh, sorry, sorry. I thought, sorry. I, thought, I thought I'd interrupted you and you were about to say something. All right, well, I'll go. We've had some tweets to at Rugby Podcast. Um, and so we can we can use some of these as a springboard. But Connor Quinlan tweeted us. Okay. says, Freddie Burns, I bet his dirty pint on Saturday would have been rancid. What's the worst dirty pint concept you boys have heard on or partaken Ooh. in? Ooh. Well, funny you should mention that because... Uh, It's not one which I have partaken in. I've had plenty of horrific, dirty pints. And if I was... When I have grandchildren and I sit them down and I give them some worldly advice, it'll be, do your dirty pint as quick as you possibly can. Do oh, not, yeah. don't th- do don't not think about it. what's in it. Yeah. yeah. Just, just... And take a ta- go and take a tactical afterwards. Sometimes, yes, that is definitely good advice. So the worst one I've heard of is actually a friend of mine who went to Liverpool University and it was some quiz night. It wasn't even a rugby event, it was a quiz night. And I think it was only half a pint. And it was in, I think it's called the Excalibur. There's some little pub in the poor students go. Uh, I can't remember the exact contents, but all you need to know is that the majority of the pint was cooking oil. <laughs> oh, my God. I used to know a lad who, his party trick was to drink a glass, maybe not a pint, a glass of cooking oil. Oh, that makes me feel so ill. Oh, it's horrible. So, uh, just on the... on the So, <laughs> South Africans, because, you know, sometimes they do things differently to the rest of the world. <laughs> Or maybe we do things differently to the rest of the world. Who am I to judge? But when we went to South Africa to watch the Lions tour, me and uh, the little crew from Broughton Park, I was in the room, or the hunting lodge, which had, the, the, like, the beer fridge in. And late at night, when the boys came, came stumbling in, One of the lads opened the fridge, expecting apple juice, 
and started oh. necking olive oil. It was it, oh. it was horrendous. Uh, worst, I'm trying to think. The worst one I can think of wasn't even a dirty pine. It was uh, a mate of mine, a mate of ours, who necked a full pint of red aftershock. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> What? God. <laughs> that's stomach pump territory. Yeah. That's, that's... By the way, whatever happened to the stomach pump? Because I, I, when I was in school, that was a frequent thing. Yeah. Oh, the boys got too drunk and they had their stomach pumped. I've not heard of anyone having their stomach pumped in like 20 years. I think the medical advice is against it now. What Just... a bizarre thing to do. <laughs> so on, on the Dirty Pint, I know you've played it, Jay. I'm not sure if you've ever played it, Tim. The Royal Rumble is a game that I love Wow. Oh, talk to me, talk to me. What's the Royal Rumble? So normally, normally stag do kind of game, so somewhere between 10 and 20 participants. Uh, and sometimes you set a limit, a price limit. But the basic concept is everyone has to, on their own, go to the bar and buy a drink. And the contents of the drink can be whatever you want. And you then put them all, all the drinks on one table and you draw lots Oh wow! And first, first person out of the hat gets their choice of any drink on the table. What they, a great game! They That's brilliant. They can't pick their own, but they have to neck it, and you go through one through to twenty or however many people. And so the state of the drinks that are left when you're down to like the last five is just remarkable. It's, it's <laughs> such, it's such a, a good game. That is outstanding that, <laughs> that is, is. A... there will be people listening that will do that on a on a club social oh it is great fun uh, well it's very similar to uh, uh, well we used to call it Charlton Breakout because we live around here but everyone puts in a tenner and you have to drink <laughs> all of the money's worth which doesn't sound it doesn't sound like much in the local Weatherspoons before you're allowed <laughs> out, out into town it's surprisingly hard in an hour in, in Weatherspoons yeah. it is yeah if you're just at a regular pub it would be uh, one and a half pints each Manchester round, House or something there. yeah uh, Sorry, does that answer the question? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay. um, well, I'm interested in because we've had a few people asking about this. Ben Baker being one of them. Um, oh no, sorry, no. Ben Baker didn't. Uh, ben Baker didn't ask that one. Who was it? There's lots of people who were talking about the fact the Challenge Cup isn't uh, having any games broadcast. Oh, it's annoying, so isn't it? I'm quite well. No, I, I can, I, I can see the merit of it. Um, but I'm just quite interested because you, you guys have no skin in the game, so what, what do you think? Well, I don't have any skin in the game because my beloved Ulster in the Champions Cup. Yeah, and my, and my beloved Treviso, of course, are playing uh, in the Challenge Cup. And they had a tremendous... I kind of meant skin in the game as in I'm kind of gainfully employed by yeah. the broadcaster. But... <laughs> All right, okay. Um, <laughs> but, but yes, you're right. Well, I'd love to watch Treviso trouse Grenoble this week uh, because I think they're going to be a serious force in this competition. They were ne- they nearly qualified from the group stage of the Heineken Cup uh, last year, so um, yeah, I would love on the, to... on, the, on the broader point. You, like, I'm, I'm just quite curious what what you as fans what you thought of the the way that it's been done so, over the weekend. I don't understand it. So ten ten get ten games, but no Challenge Cup. So the two things that I was disappointed in, and JB and I actually mentioned this off air uh, before the podcast was. So no Thursday night game, because often on Challenge Cup you get a Thursday night game, which, if you're sitting at home doing nothing better, it's normally quite, but, quite know, good and entertaining. Yeah. But also we're disappointed that a lot of the games were doubled up. So yeah. You, so there was no late night game on the Saturday, no half-seven kickoff, and only two games broadcast, or four games, but broadcast in two time slots on the Sunday. So we didn't, But that, that late game on the Sunday was the worst. For, for working, I'm sure it's very oh. bad. Did you like it as a? Yeah, I didn't even like it. I, I just felt I was imagining how the fans would be. Hang on. I mean, awful for fans to go it, to go traveling to go to the game. Yeah, uh, going to the game. I always think of it from TV audience sort of thing. Yeah, so I, me two, and my brothers, two very different things. Always used to like watching the late the late game Premiership football. Like, yeah. you, like you have your Sunday lunch and then you go and watch the, like the late game. And you know, more recently. Uh, yeah, in fact, that's how me and Tim sort of started get start started becoming friends. We used to go around on Sunday night and, and watch NFL. The late, yeah, we did. Yeah, so like, I, I quite like I quite like the late game, and I've got to say, I was disappointed that I didn't have three games of rugby to watch today. But it, add, add to the four games I should have watched yesterday. It is important <laughs> for the the paying fans because I remember me and me and you, Tim, uh, a few years ago went to watch Ulster uh, play Leicester in Leicester, and we got season ticket holder seats because. Because it wasn't a three o'clock kickoff yeah. on a Saturday, 
and it was something like uh, five thirty or maybe even seven thirty on a Saturday. They couldn't go or didn't want to go. So but put you know their what? seats I, back in the ballot. I get the league games right. The league games should be broadly speaking played at three o'clock on a, on a Saturday. Broadly speaking, although I think it's important we have a Friday night game and a Sunday game. But okay, I get that. If your team qualifies for the Champions, the Champions Cup of Rugby, the Heineken Cup, with the best games pretty much that rugby ha- has to offer, so what? You know, you have to go late on a Sunday because it's a huge event, and you should go late late on a Sunday, and you should be grateful that you're going. But the distances that people travel. I just uh, yeah. yeah, I guess so. I you know, if you're a Munster fan, you really want to go to Welford Road. Yes, you do actually. Everyone wants to go to Welford Road at the moment. But, um, and Munster fans do travel phenomenally well. Yeah, but that's a good example, isn't it? How do you get from Leicester back to wherever they're going on yeah. a? Yeah, that's yeah. a fair point. That is a fair point. It, it does really mean if you're playing that late Sunday night game, you've got to take the Monday off. Yeah, but um, my my opinion um is that. I, so the Challenge Cup games will get shown from the quarterfinal onwards. There'll be live games. But I I think as a product to spread around the world and to grow the game and also to, you know, we've got Channel 4 having a game every week as well. Yeah. Uh, I think the, the, the focus on the Champions Cup, I understand it's harsh for fans of those teams in the Challenge Cup, but I think it's a, a, a great product as a package to, to put out on NBC or to spread around the world because, as yeah. you say, the quality of the cha- Champions Cup is immense. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, I, I don't know what, what... If the Challenge Cup isn't on TV, I don't know what the point of it is, frankly. It's got to be on TV somehow. Uh, I, I also would prefer it on TV, but uh, that doesn't mean I'd watch every game. Yeah. Are they sold, sold as one now? Are they Challenge? And, I mean, I just I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Well, basically, I, th- I think the message to clubs that are in the Challenge Cup is be better. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. Absolutely. Um, right, we touched on... So in yesterday's podcast, we touched on most of the games. There's probably three that we didn't touch on at all. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, on Tim's theme of being better, uh, we, we should really talk about Leicester. Uh, well, <laughs> that, that game is certainly two teams who could be a lot better than they currently are. Goodness Ulster me. hosting Leicester in a... It was 3-0 at half-time, wasn't it? Yeah. Ugh. It was not a particularly attractive or exciting game. Uh, neither team playing particularly good rugby, although Ulster did probably deserve it in the second half. They probably strung together a few cohesive moments uh, at a couple of points in the second half to win the game. I thought Ulster were pretty good second half, to be honest. They were, they were better. Uh, the, the conditions were, be- the rain was biblical in the last quarter. It you, was horrendous. Um, do you love Will Addison yet? Uh, I, I've always no, but do you really love him though? Admired and respected Will Addison. Uh, he he was one of the best players. Yeah, uh, and as as he has been most of the games that I've seen, he's him a play, cracking actually. player. He's a very good player. What about that lad? Like on um, Mike Michael Lowry, Lowry twenty Mike Lowry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wouldn't you have thought that Ulster have had enough of bad boys? Anyway, <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, but, obviously you're referring to the I had enough of watch the film with Will Smith. Exactly. And, um, yeah, and Martin uh, Lawrence loads, so they've had enough of it. Um, so, but he is tiny. Like he's twenty yeah. years of age and. Of a small lad and play, you know, the last line of defence with guys like Manu Tuolangi running at you. Yeah, but he did all Incre- right. He did. No, no, he did. I, I'm, I'm always incre- incredibly impressed and just think how brave these these young lads coming into yes. this level of rugby. That's, are. So, that's such a good point because I remember like my first experience of senior rugby, and I mustn't have been much uh, younger than him, and it was terrifying because just everyone's massive. Everyone's and enormous. He's much smaller than me. Playing with lads who are much, much bigger, much bigger than, yeah. than the guys I was, I was playing with. <laughs> yeah, so, he, he the first few minutes, first five minutes where George Ford puts a bomb up and it's moving around in the wind and he gets nowhere near it. You thought, oh God, he's going to have a long day. But, what, but Leicester, the Tigers didn't target him after that. But wasn't that wonderful poetic justice when uh, they put bombs upon him maybe three times? Yeah. One of them, which he knocked, uh, he knocked on. Everyone's you know, going, oh, is, is this the right thing for them to do? Look at Leicester's scrum. And then the guy kicking the bombs high tackles, high tackles him, him and then goes off for a yellow. 
Yeah. There was there's something nice about that. <laughs> Just it felt, like, it felt to me like yeah. Leicester needed uh, the, the angry George Ford on, on Saturday evening. There was there didn't seem to be anyone from Leicester grabbing that by the scruff of the neck. No, no. I mean they uh, they, they needed someone to give it that go forward, and it, Manu did it a little bit late on, but they they didn't seem to be able to get him or Calamifoni or Guy Thompson or Mike Williams like those those kind of go to runners. They didn't. None of them seemed to really come into the game, no. or, or or not until it was too late. Anyway. Uh, I don't know what to say about Leicester other than uh, this isn't really accept- acceptable. They're, you think you see improvements in them, and occasionally you do, and then they regress to this, and Ulster are not good. That's the other thing. It's, weird. it's interesting you say regress because I was watching it, and my assessment of Leicester is they didn't really do anything that bad. They didn't no. really do anything wrong, and no one played terribly, but it's just... Look, look, I don't know... Biblical wind, but, sorry, biblical rain, bit of wind, get it, it's hard. But No, 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 that's not what I'm saying, but they, they played all right, but um, there, there was no one, I said they needed the angry George Ford, and I think it's a mentality more as, as much as anything. Yes, yeah, probably. It's, it's not skills, and it's not a lack of talent, I don't think. No, it's definitely not those two things, which is why I think it's even more unacceptable. Uh, yeah. Well, than we originally thought. Um, when you've got, have I mentioned that I quite like Kyle Eastmond? Uh, <laughs> like Kyle Eastmond, uh, and then you've got George Ford, Manu Tuolangi. Uh, you, you bring on Matsumura from your bench, you should be scoring points. Having 3-0 at half-time is just not good enough, is it? Yeah, and it's something that I complained about prior to Matt O'Connor leaving, and mm. something that the first couple of games that uh, Jordan Murphy was in charge of, I thought we'd turn a corner on. But they're not bringing those guys that you've just mentioned they're not bringing them and some of their big forwards, their experienced forwards, into the game in positions where they can do things. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that's... Maybe George Ford is to blame. Maybe uh, the coaching setup, maybe the systems. But whatever it is, I don't know. But they're not making the most of the talent, the undoubted talent that they have got in that team. But I, I just don't see leadership on the field. That's yep. what I'm yep. really concerned, really concerning. And it's probably quite tough on Tom Young's at the minute because he's he's struggling a, a bit, really. And I, you, you wonder, I don't, I'm not so sure whether Tatafu Palotta now will be starting on Friday night. Yeah, I, I think, it wouldn't surprise me. I just wonder if there's too much responsibility put on the shoulders of both the Young's boys because, they're, well, Tom's no longer in England international, I guess, but Ben is. You know, they're the heartbeat of the club. I, I'm not sure if they're the, the guys to do it. I don't know what the answer is, but yeah. so far, other than the first couple of games, the the new coach bounce that we got from Jordan Murphy, they seem to be, like you said before, Jay, regressed to where they were six months ago. It's it's odd because I, again, I'm I'm going to say I disagree with the word regress because I don't think again just to say I, they're not. I, I don't I didn't look at them and go they're 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 poor they're doing things wrong or there's I, I can't work out. Where they need to improve, but because did, did they? A question: Did they make the most of the undoubted talents that they've got? Did they, did they bring all of those attacking talents into the game as much as they should have done? No, not even. And I, I, I don't. I'm, I'm exactly with you, Tim. That I don't know what the answer is, and I, I don't think they played particularly badly, but they just didn't. They didn't. They right. certainly didn't play well enough to beat what is a, a weakened uh, Ulster side. Mm. Yeah, not even the scrum was that impressive, really. No, the scrum was all right. The lineout was a mess. Lineout, oh my really god, was there was. A mess. I can't remember. So I've watched so much rugby this week that I can't remember which lineout it was. But I just remember looking at this lineout and thinking, I, I'm sure it's Tigers. Is that a joke? He just, <laughs> like nobody jumped for the ball, and the ball just went sailing, at kind of like just above how high you could reach. Like it just went sailing over. I was like, well, not only was the throw throw terrible. No one. No one up. jumped for it. No one. No there. one jumped for it. <laughs> All right. Okay. Brilliant. This, this is the standards standards that we're playing to now. <laughs> Unreal. Unreal. Uh, so yeah, in in that group, Ulster now top the group, uh, astonishingly. Which is, which is the kind of thing that we often do is win a few games early on and flatter to deceive and then just implode. Well, who else is in that, in that group? Well, the other the the other two teams was 
uh, Scarlet's hosting Racing 92 Ooh. in a 13-14 win for Racing 92 thanks to a 77th minute penalty try. Oh no. From a dri- and also more. thanks to a very, very assured Finn Russell performance. Finn Russell. Was it, it, wasn't, it wasn't the flashy Finn that you quite often see. It was a really solid 10 performance from Finn Russell. He was excellent. So um, I, I've not seen the game, but I saw some comments on Twitter. Has Simon Zebo been carb loading? Has he been putting on um, some bulk to help him perform in the, in the top 14? He's been doing it as he's been doing the Exeter Chiefs uh, bikini body workout. <laughs> That's what I've been hearing. Is it on the uh, Parisian diet? Is he? The uh, baguette, fromage, pâté, foie gras. Good for it's him. A good diet. O- it's only, a good diet. Only the very finest wines. <laughs> well, do you know um, the owner of Racing 92 has a wine cellar? Yeah. And he regularly invites the players. In fact, doesn't Racing's training ground have a wine cellar? <laughs> <laughs> it's outrageous if it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think it's actually a breach of uh, French employment law if you don't have a wine cellar. <laughs> any employment? Zebo <laughs> not in great shape? Apparently not. Is that what people say? Apparently not. I didn't see it, so I'm going to. Uh, I'm literally just telling tales out of Twitter. So, uh, but apparently not uh, in his lightning fast best. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. That's a big blow for Scarlet's that. Yeah, losing at home. Huge, but they'll uh, they'll still fancy uh, themselves because being in a pool with Ulster and Leicester is it is an advantage. Well, they should smash both of those teams they home should, and away. They should do, yes. And so should Racing. Yes. I feel like Racing play Leicester all the time. There's three years running that they've, they've had each other. Yeah, yeah. nice, nice. They haven't played in the futuristic dystopian stadium yet. My favourite stadium. Love that stadium. I'd love to visit it. Oh, talking of visiting places, shall we tell everyone where where, where we're going? Ooh, yes. Yeah, we're going to have some special uh, on-location podcasts coming your way soon. Well, we might do a podcast in your presence, but it's not a live podcast, so don't think it is. Yeah, certainly on-location podcasts. On-location podcasts, Outside broadcasts. That is is what I meant. Outside broadcasts, quite. Yeah, definitely not a live podcast. You can uh, sleep easy for now, Jay. Thank God. Uh, so we've just booked, we've been threatening it for a while, but we've just booked our tickets to go and watch the World Cup repechage, uh, the final weekend of the World Cup repechage on the, I think it's 23rd of November in Marseille. So it's two games. It's um, the, the four teams are Canada, Germany, Hong Kong and Kenya. And they'll be playing the final round of matches uh, 23rd, Friday the 23rd in Marseille. What's happens the first to game to, to give, and the winner will be the final World Cup place at next year's World Cup. Absolutely. So a lot on the line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's on the Friday. On the Sunday, we are going to the World Rugby Player of the Year. Hang on. Annual award ceremony. That is correct, yes. Uh, and that's in Monaco. Uh Two to, two to three hour drive along the south coast of France. No, nice. So we're just going to drive there, are we? So we looked at train and we looked at driving. But we actually found the best, the, actually the cheapest option was for us to fly from Marseille to Nice via a little stop off in Rome. Sadly, there's no rug, uh, rugby in Rome that weekend. Apart from Italy playing the All Blacks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there is that as well. There is that. So we'll go and watch Italy uh, playing the All Blacks. <laughs> so we've got Six flights, so it's three days, six flights, uh, three games of rugby and an award ceremony at the end of November. Excellent. Marseille, Marseille Rome, Nice, Monaco. Monaco. Three, three nights. Don't know when we're going to sleep, but we will sleep. Um, so here's a question. Will the previous two games that we see in the repertoire of repertoire, that in the tournament, in the miniature tournament, <laughs> right, all the points combined scored in those two games, will they, will they be greater or lesser than the All Blacks winning margin against Italy? <laughs> Interesting. Uh, and I suppose another, another pertinent point would be... Uh, Oh, you, 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 uh, would be to uh, any recommendations for what is it? Elevated bars. You do like, yes. You like having drinks at altitude. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> drinking at street level makes me ill. Um, <laughs> yeah, if anyone knows any, I've been to Rome a couple of times now. I hate it with a passion. So, if you know anywhere which isn't like a museum or isn't full of tourists where we can give you a few beers, please let us know. 
because I'm desperate for a few beers when we get out of there. And in, indeed, if you're going to be in Marseille or in Rome, let us know as well. Yeah, there we'll, you go. We'll happily have a beer and, and talk you through the games, or you can talk yeah, us so through the games. The, the, the authentic native bars, not the rat trap. Not the tourist trap. Correct. Yeah. Um, so given we were just talking about Finn Russell, uh, a game that we've not really touched on other than the result and the bit of trolling from Marrow, or we didn't touch on in yesterday's pod, was um, the performance of Adam Hastings. Did he play well? Uh, the so, prince that was promised. Yeah, so he's been tearing up trees this season in the Pro 14. The only game I think I've seen him play was I think one game for Bath. I think it was against Wasps when they lost at home. Was it a night game? About two years ago. No, I went, I'm sure he was playing fly half for Bath against yeah, Wasps yeah, about two years ago. And he had an absolute shocker. Yeah, I've got a feeling it was but a night he's game. He's only a young man, and generally he was pretty good. Um, he, he had some great attacking runs himself, uh, showing and going and drawing defenders or, or moving defenders around the park. But overall, the game was interesting because Saracen scored that first try and they cantered him for that first try. And you thought, uh-oh, here we go. Mm. And then they threw everything in the kitchen sink. They really speeded up the tempo. They were moving the ball around. They were taking quick uh, throw-ins, quick taps. And Glasgow held everything that they threw at them and more because Glasgow in the second half started to turn the tide. And it was... It was only some amazing last-ditch defence from Saracens that prevented Glasgow from scoring on a number of occasions. Uh, And Glasgow finished much the stronger team than Saracens. Saracens were almost worn out, as you mentioned in yesterday's pod, kind of the demoralising effect uh, of beating your your head or banging against the drum and getting no success. That happened to Saracens, and it was testament to the the Glasgow defence. And Hastings was good value for all of that, but they they come out of it with nothing. They come out of it uh, on a thirteen-three a loss at home. Now, and on that, and on that, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Uh, odd decisions in terms of going for the corner, going for posts. Yeah. And at thirteen-three down with ten minutes left, yeah, a very kickable kick. They went for the corner and and then shot the bed. Yeah. And I don't get it because they would have come away with a bonus point, oh, yeah. which is at least something. I, d- I don't understand what what they're thinking and what how these errors are made at this level. Yeah, that was a big mistake. I guess at that point though they want to win it, don't they? Yeah, but well, still to, got to you've got to score twice. Anyway. So take take the points when they're available. No, because they're drawn. Dr- yeah, if they score a try, but yeah, I think you need you need two tries to win it, and you've got to be in the mood to win it, and you've got to win your home games. A draw wouldn't have been good enough, I don't think. I mean, it's better than a loss. Isn't it is. It? Well, it's, it's, it's two points that they don't have. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. Um, and it's two points less that one of their competitors wouldn't have as well. Yeah, Glasgow. The points, yeah, it's, and the points, all the all the points differential, they would only if they got the losing bonus point, they're only three behind Saracens, not four behind Saracens. And po- th- th- this could, well, just put a little pin in this because this could matter. Mm, yeah, sure. um, it, I, I know I'm boring and I say the same things all the time, but uh, Adam Hastings it, it just proves, you know, as soon as there's an opportunity, look, look what happens. I'm sure they'd. Um... Well, he had an opportunity at Bath and did not take it. <laughs> Well, did he have an opportunity? Not a consistent starting opportunity. Well, George Ford, Reese Priestland, you know, that yeah. isn't as easy as when there's literally nobody else and you have to play every week. And actually, he's yeah, quite and he, good. And he did get told. He basically went there and he's been told, you're our man, we back you, go for it. Which is kind of, it's quite liberating for a young guy with talent. But if you're... Terif- if, if you're putting so much emphasis on, oh my God, I've got a chance. There's a couple of injuries at Bath. I've yeah. got to make it count. There's pressure. And, and, and do you know what? It's exactly the same thing for Mike Lowry. Yeah. Mike Lowry. Oh, I'm going to get a, a Michael Lowry so we don't have to do that. But um, yeah, we're going to get a lot of uh, mileage out, out of his name. We are. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I feel for Glasgow. I really like them as an organisation. I think they play good rugby, but God, Saracen's good, aren't they? So what are you going to do? I love... 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I love how we touched on this yesterday, like you're saying, with Marrow, but... Owen Farrell, people would have been hating him as well. They're probably the 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 easiest side to not like, and yet I I love them for that for being so Saracens. Saras, yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, uh, yeah, you've got to kind of accept them for who they are if you're going to enjoy what they do, and it's... it is difficult. I like it when they I like it when they go to old school Saracens. They kick and chase everything and just batter people. That's what I like. Well, Glasgow out Saracens Saracens in many ways this weekend, but still came away from the game with nothing. And Saracens get four points. Yeah. It, isn't it str- so? I think it's strange how, and I'm sure that this happens. I'm sure it's happening to Exeter now. Just because the competition is different, you start considering things in different ways. So I'll give you an example. When I was playing at Broughton Park. There were teams that we just expected to beat. We didn't give them any, you know, we wouldn't give them time of day. We just expected to beat teams like, I'll give you an example, uh, Witness. Like, we would just beat Witness. You know, it wasn't really, really a question. You drop down a few levels, even though you've got what you consider to be an equally good team. All of a sudden, you're like, oh my God, you know, well, Witness, well, Witness play with width and they've got a big pack. And like, well, this, this didn't used to be the case. And I bet some of these teams going into Europe who are very com- competent and confident in their own leagues, like Exeter, all the chat and Glasgow will be, oh, well, you know, you can't get away with that in the Heineken Cup. You can't do this in the Heineken Cup. Rather than just playing the game, like the game that they play. I'd be surprised knowing Baxter, or knowing what I know about Baxter rather than knowing Baxter, I'd be surprised if that kind of stuff did affect Exeter in terms of the mentality and the way they prepare. Wouldn't you love to know Baxter as well? I'd love to go for a few pints with Baxter. Um, Yeah, but this week they have been saying things which are not very Exeter-like. You know, that they've been putting pressure on themselves to get the win in in this competition. They're targeting this game being the Munster game. So they, They say that about every game. They target every game. Well, no, the noises were, were were different. I mean, you know, they they, they were, were quoted fairly widely in the press. And I, I do think there's a case of that, that just some teams expect to win in Europe, some teams don't. And if you're not perennially successful in Europe, it's very, very hard to do that. Yeah, but hold on. that's that. I, I would say that's the same for what you just described, Exeter, is what every single top 14 and pro 14 side does. It, they've just said what those sides do they they all put an extra emphasis on champions cup they do but in different ways i i think saracens will be a lot more relaxed going into the champions cup as well well i'm not talking Leinster. about saracens i'm saying i'm saying extra doing what the pro 14 and top 14 sides do uh yeah but it's how they feel going into match day so undoubtedly you're right about say leinster will go in with more emphasis on that game but their team, their 15 going into it, will be far more relaxed about the prospect of playing a European game because they're so confident of getting through and winning. Exeter is not so clear. And it, anyway, same with Glasgow. I'm, yeah. I, the honest answer is I don't know enough. And I, I, but it would surprise me if, if uh, Exeter took that attitude. And just because uh, Broughton uh, Park relaxed against Widnes doesn't can, mean can, Exeter relaxed against Munster. Uh, can I, <laughs> and can I just point out, uh, I just use Widnes as an example. I, I don't mean that about Widnes. I just picked them out as, uh, as an example. Well, 
One one fallout from the Saracens game could be, and we don't know exact as at this point as we record the uh, the exact extent. But Billy Vanapola went off, which we've already talked about on on the last podcast about Nathan Hughes could well miss the entire autumn internationals now, yeah. And Sam Simmons is injured, so who's your next cab off the rank if you need an England number eight or your next couple of cabs off the rank? Yeah, you're talking two now, really, aren't you? Well, the man, admittedly, I think he's only had one decent performance that I've seen this year because uh, Ackerman's been playing there but Ben Morgan did have a good game mm. he had a very good game he, he's by no means past it and he's got experience in the shirt although Eddie Jones has uh, I don't think ever picked him and doesn't Don Armand shouldn't he be the next cab off the rank Don, yes. could this be Don, no, no, could he, this he be should Don's be the moment? current cab in service driving people around but well, he's yeah. not and it's a joke he should be a cur- the, the current number six cab or certainly one of the current number six cabs. Yeah, I, he's played a bit at eight. But he has, and recently too. Not that much experience at eight. No, no not a lot. And they have been playing Matt Kvezic there, who's got much less experience at Now, eight. this is interesting yeah. with Matt Kvezic. Do you think he's allowed to play there because he's a smaller fella, but he's got two giants either side of him, so what's the difference? Well, so I, I always say with back rows, it's about the balance overall. Yeah. So Sam Simmons, who he, when you're talking Exeter's first team back row... He's 100 kg. He's not a big boy, but you've got 120 and 125 kg Armand and uh, Ewers either side of him. It simply does not matter. So Kvedek is is similar. He's probably a yard quicker off the base, which is something that Simmons can do, uh, although he's nowhere near as good carrying in heavy traffic. Mm. So, yeah, I think the balance is is the the most important thing. And also, you know, Kvedek's interesting because he also gives him a genuine juggling threat. Which they don't get unless they play Curry or Willis, but they can't play him or Underhill. Mm, so, yeah, so the yeah, answer, yeah. the answer, are we saying, are we saying from from a potential position of England having an, uh, these incredible resources at number eight, we might actually be saying we could, could asterisks on that could we don't know what's happening could be going into the autumn internationals with very well, very much not top notch number eight options. Well, you'd be going in. With your first three options unavailable. It's so over for England. It is so over for them. <laughs> it is. They are so done. I mean, the other one uh, who has been in and around the squad has played number eight, although I can't see him being an international number eight just yet, is Zach Mercer. No, I'm not having Ma- it. Mark they- Wilson? Yeah, perhaps. <sighs> I mean... He's yeah. playing there for Newcastle. Yeah, he's good. He is. He's really good. Just, but again, I'd, I'd, I'd sort of put him in the Zach Mercer camp. It's not well. Zach Mercer is in the not test international yet. No, yet. hang on. Yeah, uh, well, Zach not... Mercer didn't he play against France? Or was that Simmons? Simmons played against France, didn't, didn't he? Uh, in the Six Did Nations, they both play against France. Yeah, Simmons played uh, several games in the Six Nations because he, he scored a hat trick against Italy, didn't he? Italy. Oh, he scored two, yeah. yeah, at least two tries. I'm yeah. not sure if Mercer because Mercer was the asterisked. Uh, yeah. Apprentice player alongside Marcus Smith, but neither of them got any anywhere near the he, actual team. He's an incredibly talented guy, but I think what the Heineken Cup match at the weekend showed is Zach Mercer's got a way to go to be top notch. He's gonna be. Is he? Is he big enough? I don't think he is. Not yet. well. No, no. I, I just thought he. It was that he. Uh, he. He was. He lost the ball a few times in contact and got got turned over quite a bit. So when when you had these suddenly had these massive international units like Jerome Kano then um, then th- that step up I think uh, but he might end up being England's number 8 for the autumn internationals and maybe he'll prove me wrong I hope he does but um, well, I, I'm not, I'm not I sure he's him, there yet I wish him all like, all the best I think he's an, um, an amazing player yeah. to watch in the same way Sam Simmons is but I just remember Sam Simmons playing against France and getting absolutely melted by a massive yeah. Frenchman yeah and the sad reality of it is you need to be a big old boy or have lots of big old boys around you that's the thing so Sam Simmons for me if he's going to play international needs to be a 6 or a 7 with someone like Billy and then someone else like a Ewers or um, or a uh, Armand alongside him how does this tickle your fancy Underhill Simmons and Mercer like yeah (laughs) hard bloody hard but lightweight. A phenomenally lightweight. But look look what Cardiff did. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, Gareth Ainscombe's try, by the oh, way. Oh, wow. yes. That cost that result cost me 180 quid. 
When the fun stops, stop, JB. Yeah, yeah. I had to remortgage my house uh, after, after that. One, one general point about European rugby. The, the European strips has to stop. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, that said, I love Cardiff's European strip. It actually looks really nice. What, that, that kind of powder blue pyjama top? Mm, love it. I'm not, no, yeah. I don't like it. I'm not a fan of that. I do like Ulster's red, and I did, did like Saracen's red. Yeah. but Was that a special European kit, Saracen's one? Well, they, they're normally... No, they've been wearing that this season. Have they? That's their change kit. Oh, is that their change? Yeah. Because they normally have black and then white, don't they? Yeah, Glasgow had nasty little... Um, I mean, they've got like, three. They've got the grey, the, the, the black and the red. Yeah, they've worn yeah. them all. I am convinced, right, and I've always been convinced of this, and no one can change my mind because, well, not many people can. Um, <laughs> if you just kept your kit consistent, you would sell more of it. Just, I might, just I, one kit? Yeah, I might go and buy a Leicester Tigers kit because, like, it's just going to be the Leicester Tigers kit for all time. They, they should only change it once every five years. I agree with that yeah, point. But also, but you might buy, you'll sell more of them if you don't do these awful blooming shirts like Zebra have got and like Exeter I don't that's sky blue I'm not having that and the um, uh, Bath are blue black and white hoops I love that's it. what Bath do I love Exeter as a club I think they do virtually everything correctly I was Vir- still, virtually yeah. every single thing virtually they, they, virtually almost their European kits are absolutely atrocious they are disgu- an abomination. they are consistently disgusting <laughs> yeah, they're dreadful, aren't they? And where can they go with these kits? I mean, we've done it. We've seen it all. We've done everything. Yeah, I think we've even tried camouflage, or they at least they have in like Super Rugby. We, I'm looking at four, five kits, five kits here, which played against the Lions, and each one of them is made out of little different bits of maps from the provinces they're from. We've done everything, and uh, and opposite me in the Rugby Dungeon is a Harlequins kit. And it's got four squares on it, and it consistently is four squares, and we know what it looks like. That's what they should play in. Yeah. That's what they should play in. And maybe they have a change kit, and that's fine. Maybe you change the change kit. Oh, no, but the home know, kit... Harlequins don't have... They should wear skins rather than wear the change kit they've <laughs> yeah. got this season. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that is a particularly <laughs> horrific kit. In fact, I've got two Quinn's tops here, um, and we know what they look like. In fact, I know the guy who deals with Harlequins for Adidas, and he says it's a real struggle because they can't change the kit. And my answer is, good! Yeah. Fantastic! That's great news! Keep it simple. Exactly. So if you just keep the kits consistent for, I don't know, five years, you would sell so much more of them. You would and, and the irony, what, what's, what's one of the best kits in forever was the, the 150th anniversary kit where Harlequins went back to the original <laughs> kit. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There's what a, a lesson right there. Exactly <laughs> right. They don't mess around with the Lions kit, do they? Or the All Black. Mind you, the All Blacks kit is the biggest force on earth. Well, it's all this technology. Yeah, yeah. The the strongest kit, the blackest kit, uh, the, the two tone black kit, which is bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and a two tone kit. <laughs> Ridiculous. Occasionally, it has a collar. <sighs> heavy, heavy, in depth rugby chat. Um, <laughs> Let's let's turn our attention after we talk about Sale Sharks to um, next week's games because Sale had a cracking result out in France. Big win away at Perpignan. Yeah, Perpignan had a man sent off after about thirty minutes, leading with the forearm, which is quite which was quite interesting. Um, also worth noting that uh, Northampton got an absolute spanking by at home was, to Clermont. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was it was pretty much a full strength Clermont team as well, wasn't it? Pretty, pretty much, yeah. This is like uh, putting a a seasoned international team into the under-20s World Cup. <laughs> uh, Ospreys battered Pau, Connacht beat Bordeaux, Bristol Bears really gave a bit of a hiding to Zebra, and free-scoring Worcester beat Stade Francais away yeah. 27-38. Hell of a result. That's, That's a hell of a result. Good, isn't it? Yeah. Um, oh, Dragons beat Timosaurus Saracens, and yeah, Treviso spanked Grenoble, which we mentioned. It's nice. It's nice that when they want to, the um, the Premiership sides can go fully loaded into the Challenge Cup, knowing because the way it's structured now, there's a three week Premiership Cup break during the Autumn Internationals. Ah. Well, Worcester, Worcester weren't even fully loaded. They, no, they, they weren't. They rested a load of players, and, and they got. So young lad Ollie Lawrence. Yeah, I've just seen him. Oh yeah, at, at thirteen, He's a proper talent, isn't he? Yeah, big strong boy. And Ted Hill, who's scored a few tries already, scored a couple against uh, Leicester. He got some good game time and scored again. Jeez, 
19 years old, six foot five, 17 stone eight. Goodness me. Who's that? Ollie Lawrence. Ted Hill. Oh, Ted Hill. God, is he that big? <laughs> yeah, big old boy. Uh, no stats for, for Ollie Lawrence, sadly. <laughs> he, he's yeah, a big boy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, shall we look forward to next week's games? Let's do yeah. it. Uh, only stick to... Uh, oh, sorry, and one other result. Unlucky, because Coventry pipped L- uh, London Scottish by a mere three, uh, two points. Two points, yeah. Yeah, I, c- I can say I was... I was in, I was I was in uh, Ravenhill, which, by the way, I I love I love going to that ground. In fact, Irish grounds in general are absolutely bloody brilliant. I've not been to yeah. all of them, but I have been to Ravenhill. I loved it. The watching a game at the RDS and it reminds it makes me think about watching games in England sometimes. And we always have a great time when you go to Welford Road or, or Dandy Park or whatever. But yeah, when the, the stadium at capacity is something special and that's how it should be and football grounds with £20,000 in can feel soulless compared to RDS with 18000 rammed in absolutely fanatical fans it was brilliant and Ravenhill the same in the rain they, the crowd they're always brilliant I love it oh whilst we're on to Irish rugby and before we get into the matches just a quick just a quick word um, did you watch Shoulder to Shoulder? I've not seen it yet. I've, I've, I've been not away, seen it yet. Right. I've been away this weekend. It, it's, one, it's on my to-do list to watch this week. So I do enjoy history. I love sport. I enjoy politics. Mm. And seldom do I enjoy politics through the lens of sports. I mean, I really dislike it, actually. Uh, this is bloody brilliant. I, I'm not just saying that. It's really, really good. It's very fair, very balanced, very well made. Brown O'Driscoll, I mean... Uh, he, he he's actually like a professional, like a, a professional documentary maker slash um, slash presenter. He's absolutely brilliant, uh, and it's just well worth watching. The highlight for me, if if you want to go back and watch it, is David Duckham speaking. Yeah, about going over in the troubles. I've, I've seen the clips of that. I, I want to see the context around it because it's yeah, it's powerful. I wasn't aware of the story, but basically everyone refused to travel except for the dreaded English. You know, they hated English, and then the English travelled. And it's just, it's an incredible story, and it's a real, real good good piece of work. I was, I'm going to say, I was sceptical. I was completely wrong. Brilliant. Would you say it was uh, a fascinating documentary, wonderfully, sympathetically, and courageously told by Brian O'Driscoll and beautifully produced <laughs> by Greg, Craig Doyle? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag shoulder to shoulder. Who, who tweeted <laughs> that? Uh, Martin Bayfield. Followed by oh whoa, whoa, whoa. Martin Bayfield tweeted that yeah hang on well so no no the, the, did, the, the so reason there's a giggle in Phil's voice no well, wait Phil wait 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 so is anyone else from BT Sport that's been <laughs> tweeting about it Phil maybe someone else tweeted something uh, rather similar oh go on maybe uh, Lauren... it'd be interesting to know what they what they think about it being like you know working with them and stuff <laughs> maybe Lawrence Delalio tweeted something very very similar the next day <laughs> or not quite word for there was a few changes to it but very similar. Incredible. Well, we, we've all copied and pasted. <laughs> hey, hey, look. We're, we're, we're short for time and we, we want to get a message out there, but we haven't got the time to, to brain power. Uh, you, I mean, I was imagining Lawrence is probably in an airport departure lounge about to get on the plane. Oh, God, I said I'd, I was going to tweet <laughs> out about this because um, it's brilliant and I want to flag it up. Do you reckon? Copy paste. Bayfield's got away with words of. Hey, that's exactly what I was going to say. We've all done it. We've I mean, all done it. If you're going to pick someone to copy from, it's going to be Bayfield. I wonder if there's. Yeah. I wonder if there's just a mix of communication. Maybe Lawrence is a bit tired or something, and he sends out a text to Bayfield like, "What would you tweet?" He thinks he said, "What would you tweet?" And he said, "What did you tweet?" Or something, something like that. Some form of words that get mixed up. So. Oh, it was good. Well, the the, the main the main point is it was, uh, and uh, what was great is having a lot having live games all day followed by that. I just thought, I've brilliant. It was played on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and as JB said, well worth checking out. Yeah, yeah brilliant. To do list this week. Oh, right, fixtures. Speaking of this week, come on, fixtures. Here we go. Yeah. So, Friday night, we've got uh, hopefully better performances from these two teams who both lost uh, this weekend. We've got Leicester hosting Scarlets. Right. This should be based on this week's performances. In fact, the last 18 months' performances, an absolute bloodbath with Leicester getting hammered. Does anyone disagree with that? Uh, I don't disagree with that. Tim? Uh, I disagree with the the extent of the, the hammering. Um, yeah, I, I think that 
Leicester at home will in a European night. I mean, you you remember that game at, at when Ulster came to town and you had your Pinar shirt on, Phil? I do. Um, Le- Leicester European Friday nights in Leicester are special, and I, I and I think it will be tighter than that. But yeah, you'd have to make Scarlet's favourites, and it's interesting that there were five away wins in the mm. opening weekend. Well, I'm going for Leicester. So. Yeah, uh, I d- just saying that, Tim. I do remember last year Leicester conceding. 43 unanswered points against Glasgow in the Champions Cup. Ooh. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know what to make of it, but I'm not predicting a Leicester win here. I'm going with Leicester win. And I think they will make a fist of it, but yeah, Scarlet's to win. Man, Manu's looking good. That's one he is. right thing. Yeah, and the more the more they can get him into the game, the better. But you've got to do yeah. it at the right time. You can't just use Manu. You've got to have use him, you've got to use him as a decoy, and then you've got to use him again. The threat of Manu opens up other doors, and you've got to use those other doors. You're right. Absolutely. Cast the, Exeter. Yeah. Uh, oh, so Saturday, this is one o'clock in Pool Two. I think S- Exeter have got to go and win now. They yeah. have to win. This is this is the away game they've got to win. And they they won last <coughs> last year me. against Montpellier away. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. they, I think they can do it. So give me Exeter. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be something good about Cast, right? I mean, they're top, top 14, 14 champions. champions. Uh, they seem to underperform in Europe. Yeah. Well, away from, but they're at home. They'll, uh, yeah, exactly. A, at home and still in the competition, so they will put up a good fight. Yeah, give me Exeter. Uh, and then the other pool two at one o'clock is Munster hosting Gloucester, which I think will be a 10 to 15 point win for Munster. Yeah, I'm sort of with that. Yeah, I'm with that. Uh then Edinburgh Toulon Edinburgh Toulon 3.15 in pool 5 um, well so Edinburgh which the one result we didn't touch on Edinburgh lost 21.15 to Montpellier they had a disallowed try for a, for crossing that was fell unlucky felt like it could have been given the other way that happened in the last 5 minutes or so mm. if they scored that they would have won they would have won yeah. away at Montpellier that's amazing a bloody good team now, uh, Edinburgh, um, and Toulon are not a good team. Toulon we, we have to accept that they're not the Toulon of old. Give me Edinburgh. It'll be a hell of a result. It'll blow that pool wide open. Uh, so yeah, give me Edinburgh. Why not? Mm, mm. Yeah, we'll go on then. I'll go Edinburgh. <laughs> All Premiership clash. Wasps Bath. Mm. Oh, which ones are you working, Tim? Uh, Leicester Wasps. Leicester Wasps. Leicester on Friday, Wasps on Saturday. Oh, right. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Okay, fine. Uh, So 3.15 in Pool 1, Wasps v Bath. Now, Wasps, I mean, they both lost in their first games. Question. question. I think I know the answer. Tell me what you think about me. (laughs) Would, Would you put Freddie Burns in the starting team? Yes, yes, I, yes, I would. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I would. I would actually be tempted to say, Freddie, have a week off. Do, no, they, they've got they've got options. They've got options at ten. They've got options at fifteen. Just go and I forget just, about right, everything. Freddie Burns for a week. at fifteen. It just is the most monumental waste of talent. I mean, Reese Priestley started his career at fifteen. Of, of the two of them. Reese Priestley goes to fifteen. They, they simply don't need both these boys. One of them has. Uh, has <laughs> Just has to go. It's not good to rotate your, your ten. In fact, it's bloody stupid. Pick one, stick with them. Uh, I would play Burns personally, uh, and I also think I've got no idea who's going to win this. Literally, no give, idea. Give me wasps at home. Wasps at home. Is Jamie Roberts fit fit to go? Uh, he was concussed. Or he, so was, he, was, he was knocked out, so it's unlikely. If Jamie Roberts plays Bath, if not wasps. I think Wasp, but I think this this is the game. Whoever loses this, they are basically out of Europe. Yep. Uh, yeah. The other games on Saturday. Saracens Lyon. Pool three, five thirty. Got to be Saracens. <sighs> yeah. After looking... Le- after Leon lost at home to Cardiff, I mean, they not only did they get battered at the breakdown, they were completely incapable of doing simple things like mauling the ball, not dropping it. You know, they they lacked composure. Uh, and going to Saracens is not easy. And no ferns. Gents, no ferns. I'm gonna have to call I'm gonna have to call you back in a sec. All okay. right, bye. Night. Cool.
Uh, Rassing Ulster? At, at the dystopian hell? <laughs> um, I think Ulster have a 2% chance of winning this game. Ooh, 2% chance, excellent. Um, do you want to tell me why, or should we just move on to Newcastle? Uh, Ulster aren't very good. Um, Rassing are very good. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> do you want any more analysis no, than that? I'm pretty happy with that. <laughs> uh, Newcastle, Montpellier. Oh, what a game. If Newcastle can get a result in this game, it's on. Isn't it? Imagine if Newcastle... Get relegated. Mount, yeah, mount a, an incredible charge on the last eight of European rugby, coinciding with them getting relegated. It feels like Newcastle, when they play when they played against Toulon, Toulon was just baffled about who these upstarts were. Uh, they couldn't quite compute. You know, well, it wasn't even a full strength. It was like a, a half-rested Newcastle team. Yeah. It's, it's remarkable. It's genuinely astonishing result. That said, Montpellier are bloody good. They're bloody good. They are bloody enormous. Yeah, but it didn't stop them, stop Newcastle um, beating up on Toulon. I mean, the True. line speed, just the speed over the ground in general throughout the game, uh, was diff- was difficult for Toulon to handle. So, are you going for a home win? No, I'm not. Uh, no, I'm not. Yes, I am. No, I don't know. <laughs> one of the, one of these two will come away with a victory unless they draw. <laughs> Um, Insight and analysis. There you, there you go. To lose, right? I love this game. To lose Leinster because to lose a big, um, they're just the old champions of Europe. Yeah, the the old dynasty and Leinster are well. They're not the new boys in town anymore, but they're certainly you know the new empire. Uh, it, it'll, it'll just be a good spectacle. But I think Leinster are going to batter to lose. I to lose at home though. There's still still something about that. There is. There is. This is the kind of magical. European rugby, like uh, Bath Toulouse. Yeah, uh, it is. They're, they're great spectacles of games. I just cannot see Toulouse. I can't see him living with them, with, no. living with Leinster. In fact, can you see based on based on what we know, based on how dominant Leinster were last season, based on the Irish Grand Slam and how dominant Ireland are compared to the the nearest com- um, counterparts at the moment? Can you see anyone living with? Uh, Leinster, apart from maybe Saracens at the Alliance, uh, or, or possibly uh, Racing in Paris, but even no, then, I think the only team that can hold Candleston this year is going to be uh, Claremont, and they're not even in the same competition. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I just can't see it. Uh, and then Cardiff Glasgow, I-, I think Cardiff will win this. Simply put, as much as I don't like the team that much, they were bloody good. Like they were gritty, they defended well, they conceded an early try. Thomas Williams can really play. Gareth An- uh, uh, Anscombe did pretty well, but that, that back row. Gareth, Gareth Anscombe, that try. They, was... they just keep on coming at you. Are you going to get a BB at the end of your Twitter handle then? I don't think so, no. Not just yet? No, I lost my virginity some years ago. <laughs> so I don't feel the need to do that. <laughs> if uh, Cardiff win the European Cup, would you do it? No, never in a million years. <laughs> Uh, so that's it, really. Isn't there it? we go. So no, no Tim for the final minute of our second podcast oh, of the week. Oh, uh, and I am also doing something interesting this week. I think. Ooh. I think. I think. I'm working at, at Sail Sharks. Would you believe it? Working at working for Sail Sharks. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So, so <laughs> Sail Sharks are now employing you. Yes, something like that. So uh, if you're around the fan village and you want to see. Uh, an, an amateur with zero training trying to interview one of their players prior to the game. I'm your man. Do you know who you're going to be interviewing? No Do idea. You? No idea. Any preference? Uh, who's, who's well, good? more than yours injured. That'd, that'd be good. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, we could talk about stuff. Um, I tell you what, as well. I tell you the guy who I'd like to interview for this game, and I, he didn't play last last game, so he might be carrying a knock. Is AJ McGinty? Uh, of course, yeah. he uh, played for Sale and also for Connacht. Ah, so great nice. insight all round. That would be a good one. Sure, they'll want him on the pitch, surely. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're, if you're around pre-match, I think it is, I'm doing a... I'll be in the shark tank on stage or... I don't know yet. <laughs> to, be conf- to be confirmed exactly what I'm doing. But I'll be there. Are you going to be wearing a Sail Sharks blazer? It's part of the contract. <laughs> From your side. <laughs> From my side, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, I got my people to submit that request. <laughs> uh, right, so that's enough of that inane chat. Uh, you can find us on social media at all the aforementioned places. If you don't know where, um, where, where to find us, well, it's easy. Redownload this podcast and listen to the start of it. Do you, um, do you think there's any chance that Tim 
and the shipping container have been picked up and put into a car cubing device, Ooh. a crusher, an in- enormous industrial crusher. There is a good chance that that's happened. I mean, 50-50, yeah. 50-50. Uh, all, all loaded onto the Marco Polo for the, uh, sets, uh, for the sale <laughs> all, all the way around to China. Um, yeah, sorry, enough of that. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see you next week. And also watch out for Rugby Dungeon. There will, there will be one this Wednesday. Uh, until then, uh, enjoy all of your rugby. Go well and uh, let the boys play. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.